we're live. We are live. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you have just tuned into the F Stops Here uh, podcast, episode 42. Uh, we don't have a name for it yet. We will by the end of the episode. Uh, tonight, we've got a small group. It's uh, myself and Jamie McDonald. We are hoping to get uh, Mark Bryatak on by the end of the show, at least, uh, just to pop in and say hi, but he's having some technical difficulties. Uh, we are not joined by Joe tonight. Uh, Joe is doing something. I don't know what. Didn't bother asking. Uh, Jamie, how are you? I am excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What have you been shooting in the last? Well, I don't have anything queued up, but I have been out shooting. Um, a good buddy of mine that I've lured into the dark side of mirrorless cameras, um, he stopped by and wanted to go shooting the other weekend, and he's got this thing for old barns now so he's really he's kind of documenting like Michigan's old barns you're really rubbing so, off on him. so we took off um, in the middle of a snowstorm good thing he's got four-wheel drive and uh, he I don't know he just wanted to drive around the countryside so we started driving around and I asked him if he wanted to go see quote unquote my barn holy smokes we've been invaded <laughs> uh, welcome Mark you just you just joined Jamie's telling us what he's been shooting He's telling a little tale. Not people, right? <laughs> That's the, what I'm talking about. Yeah, not the people part. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, uh, so we went. Uh, I took him to the barn that I like to shoot. It's kind of like I, I tell everybody it's my muse because I shoot it so often. And uh, it's funny. He noticed that as I was shooting it, I, I stayed quite a ways away, like two, three hundred feet away. And he kind of hollered over at me. He goes, are you afraid of it? You know, you could probably get closer. So, you know, I told him, he said, you know, I've never actually gotten close to the barn. So um, decided to walk over and get closer and get some more detailed shots of it instead of the, the big giant barn photos. And as I walk up, uh, I'm only 5'6", but I was literally crotch deep in a snowdrift, <laughs> like stuck to the point where it was like, okay, Somebody come please pull me out. <laughs> but uh, it was fun, you know, and it was good to get out, even though the weather was totally crap. But um, it was fun, you know. So that's just kind of what I've been shooting is just the barn and uh, the countryside and been chasing down a pair of bald eagles that are nested in my town, and they're pretty damn elusive. I know where they hunt. They hunt an open spot on the river where the ducks are at. But every time I've gone by, they're not there, unfortunately. So. Are you trying to get them in the middle of the hunt? No, you know that would be so freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm not. I know it's not going to happen. I don't think I could get that lucky. But just you know, just to see them and maybe get a good shot would be kind of cool. Jamie, you and I have the same story. There's a whole nest of bald eagles in Hempstead Lake Park in Long Island, which is about uh, 15 minutes from where I live. And everyone keeps uh, telling me that they fly over a certain part at 4.30, and twice I was at the park trying to find them. Nothing. <laughs> you know? Nothing. You know? They fly so over I, every day at 4.30 except for when Mark's present, and then they Except for when I'm present, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I bring the dog with me. I'm not sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I could probably see him or smell him or, I don't know. Right. <laughs> eagles are good at seeing, right? Oh, yeah. I, I just, you know, they're beautiful creatures, really. So I can't wait to see when you finally get one, you know. Jamie does great work, man. I love his shots. So Thank you. You're welcome, dude. Hopefully I get one. <laughs> yeah, they're all right. Yeah, you'll get one. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? That's about it, man. I mean, you know, I've got my little uh, side project that I'm working on. And if you, uh, hey, Alex McClure's in the chat room. Welcome, Alex. Um, 
if you notice my little uh, deal underneath my name there, there's a, a URL for a company that I'm co-founder of called Wave Gap Labs. I won't go into detail on the show yet about what's going on with Wave Gap Labs, but if you swing by the webpage, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's definitely photography-related, and there will be some big news about that next Tuesday. Always with the, the lead-ins and the, the teases and... If you guys had Shaggy and Scooby, you could have this mystery figured out. But. <laughs> Mark, welcome back to the show. Uh, How you doing? Good, good. What have you uh, What have you been up to since the last time you were on? Um, I have not been actually behind the camera that much. I've been in front of it. So, in fact, I just, I unfortunately, because of NDAs, I just got off of shooting uh, a stunt on the season finale of a CBS TV show. So, that's all I can talk Sweet. about. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could personally message you and tell you, but I can't post it or or say anything about it. But let's just say that um, how can how can I put this? Um, oh it'll be a really <laughs> cool season finale. Um, if you if you're interested in people, <laughs> there's you got to play with that a little bit. You could kind of figure out what I'm talking about. So. Um, no, actually, I've been hibernating this winter. I've not taken my, my camera out or anything. I just picked up a couple of jobs starting in May through June, so I'll worry about the photography then, but I've been, I've been doing more in front of the camera work, so. Cool. So, yeah. It looks like it's cold where you guys are, are both at. Dude, let me tell you <laughs> that I keep expecting to find a pile of butts because people are freezing their you-know-what off, Okay. <laughs> And the snow, it's like, you know, every time the snow finally melts, boom, we get hit with another. And we just got hit a couple of days ago with snow, and we have six inches of snow coming tomorrow, more yeah. on Saturday. And you know what? Instead of the incentive to go out and take my camera and shoot all oh, these beautiful little stereotypical little snowscapes, I'm like, the hell with that. I am not getting my boots covered up to, you know, my, uh, you know, mid, mid, mid calf you know, in a mess, and I, I, I don't know, even though I do have my beautiful EM-1, you know, which is very weather resistant, I don't want to go out there uh, with, uh, you know, and freeze, freeze, you know, my behind off. Okay? If, I need uh, to land when I do the stunts. If Jamie you know? can go uh, crotch deep in the snow, then, <laughs> then I think... Yeah, I'm not sure I want to see that, but thank you. <laughs> Actually, there are pictures floating around on Facebook of it. <laughs> Great. Well, yes, actually, right behind me, see, I've got this prepared... I don't know if you can see this, right? We're prepared for, for actually shooting, you know, anything outdoors, snowy, but I haven't actually taken it out yet. My, uh, well, excuse me. Sorry. There we go. So, Jamie, did you start showing the uh, the EM-10 yet? I, I got no. Too late. Okay. No, I've still got it sitting over here right next to me. It's hibernating. Uh, I'll, I'll wait until you start that then. And just real quick, there's there's room for all the Alexes in the world. There's it's always like, room for always the room. Uh, Yeah, you can never have... It's like Jello. You can never have too much Alex. <laughs> so, um, I personally haven't been uh, shooting a whole lot, but I am really excited because I'm finally taking Jamie up on his challenge. Uh, I've got a two-year-old shoot this weekend that I will be incorporating a strong amount of the, uh, the Samsung NX into. Um, it's Which family, one? so... It, uh, I, I actually uh, I'm shooting with the NX1100 mm -hmm. because it was a fantastic Black Friday deal, and my wife is very thrifty, uh, so, so I'm a big fan. Um, looking forward to, what, to working that in. I think you'll find that kids 
will find that less intimidating in their face if you're getting close for anything ever. You know what I mean? Like you can keep yeah. you can keep eye contact with them without having this big black hunk of DSLR in front of your face. You know what I mean? Hello. Is my audio screwed up? Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you, and I lost your visual. <laughs> I love. Um, oh, there you are. There I'm, you are. I'm, <laughs> what is going on here? Google Plus stinks sometimes. Too, because um, we're taking her. So am I, am I eating all my own bandwidth, or is this like a... Okay, uh, there, I'm hearing you now. And uh, now I lost your visual. <laughs> oh, this is awful. This we is should switch terrible. to Skype for the next you couple shows. You have a right. problem. <laughs> okay, so, so we're good on hearing everybody, right? I can hear. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, working that in. Uh, we're taking her to the aquarium. She's family, so... Okay, it's, cool. Uh, it's it's it'll be a good tr uh, day trip, but it'll also be nice because I won't have to haul all that camera equipment around to still capture you know some of the the uh, the shots that we'll get downtown. We're taking her um, hopefully if the weather cooperates. Otherwise, we could be toasted. Now here's a silly question because I don't know anything about that product. Yes, it it does have a hot shoe, right? Correct. So will you try any off camera lighting? So I mean, I've. I've actually tried off-camera lighting with this already. One of the first things that I did uh, with with it was to plug in one of the um, the Yongnuo YN622Cs that I've got, mm -hmm. and I plugged the other one into my Alien Bees uh, big big boy flash. I was so incredibly excited when it fired. Right on, cool. Yeah, there it it didn't even miss a beat. It was it was amazing. So, so for this for this family shoot in the at the aquarium, is that something where you might bring along a couple of speed lights and do a little creative lighting in that kind of a location? I'm just that, curious how you shoot someplace like that. That probably not, uh, only because we're gonna have a lot of issues with um, reflections, right? Other attendees. Yeah. There's, yeah. And and reflections, absolutely. Because um, ah, yeah. there'll be a million people there and and so much glass. So. Right. Um, that one, I'm really gonna have to. Flex the ability um, to to stretch out the ISO. Working in natural light. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So enough about that, Jamie. I think you've got uh, a toy to to talk about. Yay! It's, yes, I do. So, product plug time. It's the uh, the newest in the Olympus OMD line. It's the EM10. So I don't know if there's any kind of like a formal moniker applied to this or not, but I'm calling it the affordable OMD, just because it's uh, oh, I like that it's the cheapest in their in their line so far. Um, because it's cheaper, you forego some of the other features that the other ones have. So there's no weather there's no weather sealing on it. Um, you don't have the five axis image stabilization. It's only three axis, but 
Um, and I don't know if I've seen this online anywhere or not, but in my product briefing for this, we were instructed that it has five-axis image stabilization while in video mode. Wow. So um, other features that it has, uh, focus peaking. Um, it's got, you know, all of the other features that you would have in the, the other OMD line. Uh, it's got Wi-Fi like the EM1 does, which is pretty cool. You know, I'm a big fan of the of the Wi-Fi, and I have no idea where to hold this so that it makes sense on yeah, this damn webcam. It, anything but, that uh, covers your face. So it's small. There is uh, there is a, a grip for this camera that you can get, but it's not a powered battery grip. It's more just for ergonomics sake. Um, and what else do we have here? Oh, uh, unlike any of the other OMDs, this one has a pop-up flash. Ooh. And what else do we have? You know, so like the others, you know, you've got the tilt screen, touch screen. Uh, this one currently on it has Olympus's new 14 to 42 pancake lens. And if I'm not mistaken from everything I've read, I think that this is the thinnest uh, normal zoom pancake lens on the market. I don't think anybody else has one thinner. Um, it's, I mean, like ridiculously thin. So, and, then, and again, that's 14 to 42. So... On full frame, we're talking 28 to 84. What's that, Mark? How's the sharpness on that? Um, you know what? At 5.6, it's like it's beyond kit lens. That's for damn sure. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to put together like a group of image samples because I've got a bunch of people asking for some like legitimate image samples like where we could test clarity of the, the lens, you know, how well it resolves. Um, contrast, you know, color. the way it handles color isn't like the 75 millimeter or something like that, you know, I think it's not on the same level as that lens, obviously, but it's it's nice. It's I definitely have no problem putting this on and carrying it all day and, and being comfortable with what I've shot with it. But you know, it's not a replacement for my primes for me. Okay. Got a question for you. Usually, what happens with Olympus, I've noticed, is that after they put out like a high-end product like the EM1, they'll come out with um, you know a camera that's you know aimed at a little bit of a lower audience in pros, and they put in extra features that might be in their future releases. So, does this have any new things uh, in it that is not in the EM1? Is there a different art filter that has not yet been part of um, the Olympus and stuff? This is probably the first time. Like you're right. Mm -hmm. um, this is probably the first time that I can remember a camera coming out after a flagship or a high-end model that didn't seem to contain something that most people probably felt should have been in the, the flagship that come out prior to it. Uh, there is nothing that I've seen in the camera yet that's available out of the box. If there's something tucked away in firmware, I'm unaware of it. But um, straight out of the box, this is on par with you know what's currently out there from their lineup. Also, I've noticed the hump on that. Can you hold that up there for a second? Because it's sure. hard to see on the internet. But the hump is smaller than the EM5, right? Correct. The EVF. But is the EVF a better quality than the EM5? Is it approaching the EM1, for instance? No, it's the. It, I believe it's the same EVF that's on the EM5. I think that the um, that the uh, what do you call it? The proximity sensor is what you have on the EM1. It's uh, it. To me, it seems like the reaction time is faster than it is on the EM5, and that's kind of subjective. It might just be me. Um, but we're also told via our um, our little product briefing or whatever that it has some of the features that the EM1 has as far as uh, 
as far as like the the dimming capability. And I, I, in, in all honesty, I don't even know what they were referring to as far as the dimming in the viewfinder is concerned. I don't know if he just meant that you could adjust the brightness level in it, and if that's something I, if that's something you can do in the EM1 and this, and not the EM5, I'm not aware because I don't ever usually mess with that. It's right out of the box is how I usually leave my uh, viewfinder. But, uh, no, I don't see anything new on, on the EVF. Okay. Oh, here, look at this. Ready? Yeah. I like that. Ooh. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just a, a little lens cap that opens and closes on its own. And everybody's like, you know, well, where does the electronic connection get made? It's actually mechanical. <laughs> so and that's that's built into the lens. Uh, it's actually an accessory. You'd have to buy the lens cap separate. I mean, it comes with its own standard lens cap, but right. you can buy this lens cap. It's kind of cool. So you don't ever have to worry about leaving your lens cap on because actually you're supposed to with this thing. That's fascinating. So yeah, that's the that's the EM10. Um, like I said, I've I've had it for a couple of weeks now, and I'm just kind of putting it through its paces and taking it out and shooting. And I've actually I dropped it in the snow. And I know my guy at Olympus is gonna be like, "You're such a jerk," but um, it's it's fine. <laughs> I haven't had any problems with it since I dropped it in the snow, so it's not weather sealed technically, but I dropped it in the snow, so make of that what you will. So tomorrow morning, it's gonna just stop working. Shut up! Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I've been playing with lately, product-wise. Um, and I have to give a shout out to my buddy Justin at Tap and Die in New York. Uh, he makes these, like, sexy as all get-out handmade leather straps. They're just, they're ridiculous. Um, I've never owned, like, a product like this before, you know. This would be like, um, this is like Prada for me or something. You know what I mean? It's it's beautiful. Um, I just wanted to give a shout-out to him. Just go visit tapanddye.com and just check out his straps. They're incredibly cool. And they smell so good. Yeah, I was cracking up when he was tweeting it to you to uh, enjoy the smell. I do. Every time I get the camera out of the bag, I just take a big inhale and smell the leather. <laughs> I'm not developing a bondage fetish or nothing, I promise. No. It's just, it's just <laughs> so, I don't so know. Next, I've seen some of the wordings of your post lately. I, you know. I know. <laughs> I think I just, he's going to get a different clientele thanks to me now. Yeah. Jamie, Jamie, Can you work this into a pair of cuffs? <laughs> what wait a second, what comment did you have to remove from, from Facebook that I was a little uh I'm trying to remember what that was about. Oh no, actually I do. Don't pass. Never mind. Skip it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Jamie Jamie Jamie's like a good straight man for, for comedy. He posts a lot of stuff about um you know, cameras or other people and, and I hate to say it, I've got a really nasty sense of humor. I will just come in there in the post and <laughs> And he tells me he deletes, and I go, I figured, but I just wanted you to see it, you know? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely good for a laugh. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have, a, we have a, a mutual friend who now is a Lumix luminary who constantly posts things about, you know, these camera straps, and I don't even want to tell you the jokes I made about that. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get out and shoot again. I can't stand the winter. I don't know about you, but I'm not a winter person. Despite being born in the winter, I'm just not a winter person. You know, I, I'm good for taking, I would have to say, you know, hundreds of pictures a day when I shoot. And, and I'm just, you know, if I didn't have the, the TV and movie stuff that I'm doing right now, you know, I would still be hibernating. I just, I want to go out and shoot. I just have a Jones for shooting. And, of course, that EM10 over there, even though I've got, you know, the EM1, 
you know I'm going to pick it up because I'm just a damn gearhead. <laughs> okay, which brings me to my next question. The fisheye, the little the yeah. fisheye lens. So now I do have a fisheye for my... be great, actually. You know, I was thinking a kit with... And I hope Olympus develops something more with that uh, body cap line. But you've got the 15 millimeter, you've got the 9 millimeter fisheye. If they could find a way to squeeze in something a little bit longer, like 25 millimeter or 30 millimeter, and keep it in that body cap style, I mean, you can keep those in your pocket like poker chips and your your pen mini, and you'd have like a wicked little walk around street setup, you know, that's literally the size of an iPhone. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued by the whole body cap lens thing. It definitely seems to be taken off. I mean, yeah, it's it's you know, and what's cool about it is, is they're so cheap. You right. know, I mean, for the cost of hell, for the cost of a lens hood for some of these lenses, you know, yeah. you could get a lens. Well, that's know. like the, the the thirty millimeter that I'm looking to pick up for uh, for my Samsung. It's only two hundred and twenty bucks, and it's you know maybe that thin. Yep, it's literally but, it turns it into a pants pocket camera. Yeah, exactly. It's it's practically a, a, a carry point and shoot. Yep. So it's it's really fascinating. It's 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 funny too because I got into a uh, discussion with somebody today. Uh, you know, I keep really pushing um, the the Samsung line and, and mirrorless in general as as something that's you know here I go again the eating crow uh, something exactly. that's really worth. Yes, sir. Uh, got, speaking about the Samsung, I'm going to ask you. I'm sorry to interrupt. The sure. NX30. The have you played with that yet? I have not, but uh, there are some people out there that I've talked ah. to uh, who said it's practically life changing. Yeah, the <laughs> the idea of the tiltable EVF. Never mind the LCD, because I'm a big fan of articulated LCD screens. In fact, I've always said that the thing that Olympus missed the boat, in my opinion, because I shoot a lot of vertical macros and I need that that articulated LCD. <laughs> Yeah, tilting. not just tilting, but actually articulating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the idea of a but the idea of a tiltable EVF. When I saw the NX30, that that looks like it's going to make me jump a little bit on that one. You know, yeah, I'm very eager to see that. Samsung's definitely supporting. You know, with with glass, they've got a ton mm -hmm. of great glass out there, and they continue to. You know, I'm not as much as I love Android. I'm not not really sure I'm jumping whole hog into the um the Galaxy line of NX cameras, but. For what they're doing with their non-galaxy, uh, it's 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 good to see another company kind of following in Olympus's footsteps of innovating, um, you know, putting some stuff out there. Because you know we've talked about it on on shows previously that I I took the Samsung route just because it was something different. So it's nice not to get left in the dust uh, for something something like that. But yeah, I know. <clears throat> unfortunately. My application for the uh, the Samsung Samsung image logger uh, hasn't been processed yet. That's what I'm going with. Uh, but, you but, uh, something um, about Samsung, or you know, as opposed to say other brands in Olympus and what have you. I, you know, there's there's a trend today, especially Canon and Nikon, and I think we've discussed this before, and I've certainly posted enough about this. They're resting on their laurels. Absolutely. DSLR line. They, they took a hit sales-wise, and it's not just the economy. It's just that their cameras are not innovative anymore, whereas Olympus, Sony, Pentax, Samsung, they're coming up with innovations in cameras and how you use you know, cameras that, um, 
that if Nikon and Canon, you know, don't come up to the plate, they're going to lose that pro market, actually. Uh, I think, you know, Sony um, proved a very interesting point with the idea of a full-frame mirrorless with the A7, you know. I mean, but that's sort of building on, you know, the, the Olympus OMD idea, I thought. And, and Samsung, starting with, what is it, the, uh, the NX... Um, the NX3000, the one with the which is completely touchscreen on the back. I'm like the the ideas of oh, the 300. Yeah, yeah, 300. I'm sorry. Yeah. The ideas of what is happening, you know, with all the other camera companies except for Nikon and Canon is just making everything a game changer. Like every every year, you know, the the exponential growth of what what's going on in cameras is amazing, except for the big two. Right. Yep. And, go ahead, Jamie. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally sympathize with what you're saying there. I mean, you got from the extreme with like the Sony, what is it, the QX line that clips onto a smartphone. Oh, that thing's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you go from something like that all the way to like you know what uh, Olympus and Panasonic are doing, and now Fuji's kind of jumped in as well, like with this, this styling or whatever. You know, it just I think mirrorless. How can it not be the future of where we're going? You know, all the innovation is happening in that field, in that genre of camera. It is absolutely the future, but Nikon and Canon, I think they looked at mirrorless and they figured, oh, it'll be a trend and we'll, we'll just throw something out. And they, in my opinion, they missed the boat with the EOS M and that awful Nikon, was it V1 or N1 system that, that just, I mean, I don't know what they were thinking with that, to be honest with you. Well, I think, uh, Canon's, I think Canon's attitude is directly reflected in the EOS line because, you know, they... Pardon my French. They pussyfooted around the, the EOS M, uh, yeah. and and with the new one that's slated to come out, uh, I don't even think, you know, that that that's. Last I heard, there was talks that that wasn't even going to come out in America. Yeah, wow. that's right. Only Japan. Yeah. So, you know, I, I absolutely agree with you, Mark. I think they um they have been resting on their laurels, and I I do think it's going to end up costing them. It may not cost them. You know the the entire market, but it's it's definitely a sizable so, chunk. Well, well, here's the thing that I think about, and you know, um, and of course, us as photographers, as long as we have options to you know use great cameras, you know, we're we're going to be safe. But if Nikon and Canon think that they're not going to take a hit and that they're going to somehow be solvent a few years from now, all I have to say to them is just remember Kodak, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, we're, we're living in a time where, you know, these things change. And was it you who posted something where I was discussing how the modern technology and smartphone cameras are, in my opinion, even though people think that they're taking great pictures with this and even newspapers are starting to, you know, use reporters in, uh, with, with their iPhone cameras as opposed to professional photographers, that people worry that photography as a career is going to suffer. And I think that's only a short-term problem. I think that when all is said and done, that the interchangeable lens cameras and the people that buy them, we're going to be creating more artistic, creative, and, you know, important stuff that as soon as the dust settles, we're going to be more sought out for the capability of what we can do, you know, and based also on our choices of what we buy. Um, it, I'm just... I don't. I'm kind of vamping here. I don't know where I'm going with this, other than you know, <laughs> discussing the technology and the future of photography in general. Um, you know, the technology is a game changer, but I w will say that as much as cameras and the more consumer-based stuff gets better too, 
so does the stuff on the pro market. And like like the EM1, you know, I love the EM1. I do. I, I, you know, just I will tell you that every time I have it in my hand, I go out and shoot with it. It, it takes pictures the way I see things in my head. And once you get a camera that does something like that, um, that truly is a game changer to me. And you know that in a few years, they're going to improve on that even. And then I sit and I look at, in, and, and I, was, I was invested in both Nikon and Canon. I, have, I sold all my Nikon and Canon equipment. And I'm usually disappointed. And today, consumers, because of iPhoneography, oh. the, the, yeah, well, that's the best oh. way to explain oh. that one. They're, they're <laughs> the level of, the level of, of quality that has become acceptable for you know most of the public has gone down, which is why you know we as either artists or professionals, I think we're going to get more sought after for the incredible stuff we can do, and I think that the interchangeable lens market is going to become a very strong professional artistic niche market. Really, uh, it's going to change. You know, and and these technology growths are going to you know represent that. You know, things like what is being done in Samsung, what is being done in Olympus, Panasonic. Um, we, we live in a, a time when, you know, it's, it's exciting, but we don't, we don't know where the dust is settling just yet, you know? Uh, and damn, if I can remember where, where I was going with this, it would be a great thing. Somebody please <laughs> keep talking. I'll come back to it later. You know? <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, and it, it kind of, you know, it harkens back to, to what Jamie has said in the past. It's just, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of ready for it. Or, or hope to be ready for it, but uh, you know, I'll continue to go back to my and and Joe and I kind of got into a similar conversation about today because um, he stumbled upon an Android app that actually processes RAW, and you know, my argument was that RAW on a mobile device is going to be rough because of storage space. So you know, there's these these thought processes that need to change uh, and. and the, with the mirrorless, especially, it's it's the breaking people of the habit of thinking that this camera can't help me make photos that are of the same quality as a giant DSLR. And I was called to task for it for for thinking that that's how people think, and will be the first to admit that it makes me a tad nervous. Uh, but you know, I'm gonna give it my best this weekend and and see how it goes and. Uh, hopefully, can report back next Tuesday that you know Jamie was right all along. You know, you know where the hurdle is. The biggest hurdle, right there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, camera like I said, you know, I've I've walked into, I think five shoots now with mirrorless little tiny kids cameras, right? Whatever, and I've never had a client question it because I walk in knowing what I'm gonna do. I don't I don't even bring up. I don't even say. Do you mind if I use this kind of camera? It, it doesn't even come up. I just right. come in and shoot because they know what I do, you know. And once you've done it a couple of times, you know, like for you, I know you're – the hurdle is there. Absolutely. You just need to sneak that camera into every shoot you do for the next six months or whatever. You know what I mean? So that as your, um, as your portfolio grows, the segment of it shot with a mirrorless camera gets bigger and bigger – you know what I mean? And then if you ever get a client that says, you know, well, I'm kind of I kind of feel weird about your camera, which I don't think you will, but no. if you do, you say, Well, you know, when we were going over the portfolio when we sat down for uh for our consult, you know, the eighty percent of what you were looking at was shot with this camera. 
Right. You know what I mean? You just if you're worried about it, you just get the the meat to back it up. Well, here's the thing. In terms of portfolio, you know, if somebody's going to look over your body of work, they're not interested in what camera you're shooting with. They're just interested in, you know, what the you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and I've said this, and I'm sure you've said this and thought it's it's not anything original here, but cameras are just tools. It's the person behind the camera that, you know, really right. makes the image. They're buying your vision. As long as yeah. it's on an iPhone. It's like I said, you know, you could, you could take the pictures... You, well, okay. I was gonna say you could take the pictures of the pinhole camera, and if that's what the person wants, you're giving them what they want. And but, yeah, I was just trying to be a smartass, but it's true. I mean, right. people have actually hired somebody to shoot weddings with an iPhone because they liked whatever this person's portfolio with an iPhone was, or whatever. So, you know, a client is buying you for your art. You know, whether you paint it with a paintbrush or a shotgun full of paintballs, whatever. I mean, you Ooh, know, you're an artist. The tool is somewhat irrelevant. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think it's a good discussion because, you know, kind of what I was going into as, as we started talking about this was that um, the forum that, that I moderate, uh, we got into this discussion today because one of the questions that was brought up was, was brand loyalty, and, you know, we were all mm -hmm. commenting on what brand of cameras we liked, and I mentioned that I primarily shoot Canon, and then I snuck this little guy into the mix, and it, it got a lot of people thinking, and a lot of the questions that the people had, because they had no exposure to it, sorry for the pun, they had no exposure to it at all, uh, was what are people's perceptions, you know, when you use it, and um, and you're right, it is, it's totally a mental, mental block, uh, because I think there's probably... What's going to end up happening is that it's going to get used and nobody's going to care because the finished product will speak for itself. Yep. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for me too. <laughs> oh, come on. Listen, anytime one of us photographers get a new toy to play with, we love it. Come on. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Totally. You know, it doesn't matter even if it's not, let's say, up to what we think is going to be our standards. You know, we're, We'll find a way of adjusting towards it and having it adjust to us, and, and we'll make it our own. So, I mean, look, new gear is always cool, no matter what it is. You know, yep. <laughs> that that's an undeniable fact about us photographers, man. I, you know, I, I sometimes think the only reason I make money is to buy new gear. You know, <laughs> you know, and afford paying for the dog in the background, who is is every once in a while that it is I'm turning around. Uh, so, it's, it's funny <laughs> because that's that's the only way I get new gear is with the money earned through photography. So. Oh, yeah. I've taken a few falls lately just to pay for new lenses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that literally. I mean that literally. I'm taking falls. Yeah. Nice. All right, so we do have a couple of um, other things to, to discuss that aren't Jamie's fancy new toys. Um, the biggest one, and I actually kind of wish Joe was here because we all know if there's one person that loves Google more than anybody else on the planet, it's Joe. Um, the biggest one is, is John Mack leaving Adobe. Uh, and the Photoshop team to go. I just to read Google. that today. Yeah, which is crazy when you consider Google having bought Nick and and you know the Snapseed products that are with that. Uh, really kind of calls to question if, if, what they're doing and whether or not they're going to start going after a serious market, which is somebody who just you know or, or who has signed up for and has been using. Um, the Creative Cloud experience uh, just as a, a means to acquire the software legally. Um, you know, that's, 
it's kind of interesting to think of what what would happen in a world where Google offered a Photoshop. Dude, I got goosebumps when I read that article. I thought, oh my god, are we yeah. gonna get the next Photoshop for like thirty bucks from right. Google or something? You know what I mean? It, it's it's totally totally plausible. Yeah, and I mean, they they did that with with the Nick software and, and yeah. I mean, it, it, it's still $129 for all of those packages. For all of it, yeah. It's incredible. And that's that's mind-blowing. Um, Snapseed is free. I mean, the only thing that I don't like about... I'm sorry, it's $149 for, for Nick. But the only thing I don't uh, like about the Snapseed software for mobile is is the limitation is a file size. But right. that kind of goes against you know what, what I got into an argument with Joe about earlier, um, and that being file size on mobile is going to be the biggest limitation. Um it's not the size of the file, Zach. It's how you <laughs> right. It's yes, of course, of <laughs> course. Um, and if you've heard that enough, then maybe it is the problem. <laughs> Just a question. Speaking of um, you know Google buying Nick and what have you, I think the last time I was on, we were talking about you know the update to the uh, Nick filters. Since that time, I had to go on tech support with Nick to. I, I had problems that kept crashing, and they finally got it working for me. But it works really slow. Do you guys have this problem with Nick, or is this just me? You know? I just thought it was my old iMac. And I just bought a brand new MacBook Pro, so I'm probably not the person to ask about that. Oh, okay. Because, <laughs> hey, yeah. I didn't want to. All right. I'm working with, with, with a high-end Windows 7. I refuse to jump on Windows 8 for nope. a lot of reasons, but um, I just find that Nick itself, not the computer, Nick itself is just really slow. So are you finding that it's the problems with the actual applications themselves or the plugins? Out of like Photoshop or Lightroom, it's just it's just Nick. Huh. So so the ex the export is quick from Lightroom into Nick, but actually working in Nick and seeing the changes take effect when you pre the, preview them is that what is slow or that's, yeah that's what's very slow actually. And I usually use uh, the main Photoshop, not so much Lightroom because okay. I tend to manipulate my images more. That you know Lightroom's got is too limiting as far as I'm concerned because. Most of my work, if you've seen it, is very what I call comic book style. I'm very, yep. um, I post-process, I mean, you could tell, I think, by looking at a lot of my work that comic books influence me in everything I do. And my, it shows in my work, actually. So I'm, I'm going to make something look like, you know, angle-wise, image-wise, that it's a panel of a comic book or something like that. I just love doing stuff like that. And so I need to do that in, in full Photoshop. And on Lightroom, I use on occasion. You know, only when I'm shooting stuff for a client where that kind of manipulation is not required, you know, when I'm meeting their their requirements. So, but either way, it doesn't matter. Whenever I do use Nick, it, it's just, you know, it's just as soon as I, you know, as soon as I hit, you know, okay, it takes forever to process that image. You know, uh -huh. I've never had that problem before the update. Mm. Uh, and no matter what they did in tech support, which finally got to work for me, I've never got it to, to, to work quickly. But every other plugin works fine. Hold on a second. Weird. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't had that specific problem. My problem is just old hardware. I mean, it's a, it takes a minute for it to shoot out from Lightroom into, into Nick for me. Once I'm in Nick, though, it's pretty quick. But, you know, I don't know what the differences are from Windows to Mac either. Yeah. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see on on a you know some updated hardware. And I gotta say, the SSD in this MacBook, ooh, good golly, <laughs> what a difference! Yeah, big time. Now you so, just yeah, need to so, swap out the uh, optical drive and put in a second one. So, uh, 
don't even have an optical drive anymore. Had to buy this. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Make them. And in fact, uh, probably after the last DVD is gone, I'll be switching to thumb drives. So. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's. I'm telling you, man. 2014 is a whole whole new year. <laughs> yep. Yep. Get some custom thumb thumb drives. You gonna get them branded? Maybe. Thumb drives are the way to go. They are becoming so inexpensive to buy for lots of memory, and you, it, it's you know, and there is a shelf life for um, for discs. Oh yeah. But uh, you know what? After five years, there's a good uh, feasibility that you're going to lose your images. Whereas putting it on things like this, not so much. And these things are so inexpensive now. Just put it in an envelope, tag it, name it with what's on it. Boom, we're good to go. You know. You can you can go well. I don't know. Do you have micro centers where you guys are? Yes. Uh, okay, good. They're great because they they have their own very inexpensive. You can pick up a 32 or 64 gig for for such comparatively small amounts of money. You know. Um, the thought process behind getting the branded ones was that eventually people will probably use them for something other than the photos, but the brand will always be there. Always be there. Yeah. So they take it to the office to transfer documents, and somebody yeah. walks by and. Sees uh, your brand. My parents would be so proud. The marketing classes in college finally paying off. Ah. <laughs> it only took me five years. <laughs> it only took me. So yeah. So I, I think we can we can kind of agree that that uh, or maybe not, but I agree with myself that um, not going to Google, especially going straight to the photography team, is just. That's that's got to be something good, right? Yeah, I'm trying to read those tea leaves pretty hard, right? But I know it's got to be huge. You don't pull talent like that unless you have something massive planned. I don't think. Yeah, we'll have to get uh, the next time Joe's on. Hopefully next week, we'll see if we can get him to uh, weasel his way into his, some of his contacts and and uh, get him to yeah. talk to some folks and see what he can get out of them. What's the next topic? Yeah, J Joe uh, had uh, had wanted us to talk about some iPhone movie that was uh, made with all iPhones. Or oh, the know. commercial? Apple's 30th yeah. anniversary commercial? I didn't actually watch it. Uh, I watched it today, actually, at lunch. Does it look like it was taken with... Uh... No, it looks really good. <laughs> I bet you it wasn't. <laughs> You know. Looks like it's taken with a bunch of Panasonic GH3s or something. I don't know or whatever. Everybody's using it for video now. I use that for video. Yes. We filmed those commercials with iPhones and Red cameras. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was another pretty slow week for news. Um, I did see that um, F-Stoppers reviewed Sigma's uh, 24 to 105 f4, and once again, Sigma is knocking it out of the park with their lenses. You know, I'm bummed out that they didn't jump into micro four-thirds. I really am. Their art lenses, I'd like to see those Yeah. in a little bit smaller of a package. I can't wait to get my hands on the 35 because that's going to be my next purchase. Don't they have a couple of lenses, actually, that's suitable for micro four-thirds? I think there's, like, maybe two. Um, if, they do, if they do, it was when the pen line first came out, and they haven't done anything since then. Yeah, but those... Yeah, so they've those got a 19 millimeter... Wow. No. Yeah, they looks like they got a they've got a 19 millimeter that was uh pretty cheap, but it was pretty much a Sony fit. 
Um, Sigma is another innovative company. I remember in the days of film, the very first Sigma lens I bought was, and you're talking about 35 millimeter photography, the 12 to 24 um, wide angle. It was unheard of that you'd get a 12 millimeter wide angle lens, you know, at that time. You know, the level of distortion was just incredible. And, you know, <laughs> nowadays, in, in, now they have it for APS-C, they have it, they called the 8 to 16, I think, or something like that. I would love to see Sigma put out, you know, an equivalent that gives you the same angle of view as a full frame 12, which would have to be a six millimeter then on on micro four thirds. I would yeah. love to see Sigma adapt that to uh, to a micro four thirds line because you imagine just the the weird the weird stuff you'd get with that. But uh, their their art line, you're right, man. I just I love looking at those lenses every time I go to B and H Photo in the city. I I play around with them. Just gorgeous stuff. Hold on one second. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a um, there's a really good photographer, and he he does a lot of review stuff um, that I follow on Facebook, and uh, he just shot a wedding with the the 35 1.4, and he posted a photo of it, and I thought I was gonna have to hide it from my wife because I thought I was looking at porn. It was that good looking. It was, just, it was amazing. I think we lost Jamie too. Oh no! Wait for it. All I see is frozen Jamie face. Man, we are really struggling with Google tonight. Mark, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, so it's just Jamie then. At least his microphone's not crapping out. Yeah, so those art lenses really are just it's and it is a shame, you're right. It's it's a shame that they don't um that they didn't uh kind of jump into to micro four thirds like they probably could have. Um, oh, there goes. But who knows? Line. I mean, there he goes. Are you back? Hey, there you hey, are. I'm back. <laughs> yes, temporary time warp. Sorry, everybody. All we had was frozen Jamie. So. Yeah. Frozen Jamie on a stick. And I'm also pretty excited too because. Um, the the first thing that I'm planning on picking up after I get that lens is the uh, the USB connector. Oh yeah, how cool is that? You can make micro adjustments to your lenses. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty much getting ready to put uh, the shops out of out of business because you saw what uh, what got released or not released today, but what what really kind of swept the the news outlets today. The sensor gel stick. Have you guys seen this yet? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, now you can buy the same thing that they they use to clean your sensors in repair centers. So, um, I, have you had a? Actually, I've never had a problem with my Olympus in terms of sensor dust. I did have no. the <laughs> Canon. Uh, I guess because uh, Olympus is really good with their, their with that little vibrational thing that you know removes dust from the sensor. Yeah, uh, I've I've won, and I've also had a blower just in case, which I've never used. And but I'm so eager about that, you know, that sensor gel. How much is that uh, retailing it for? Forty nine ninety nine. Oh wow! And then you have to get like these little sticky pads too to clean it with, right? And they're only fifteen bucks for a pack of ten. I think it's worth the investment. Well, how much are you going to yeah. pay to have it shipped to to you know the manufacturer? Right. I, you know, Canon's like hundred fifty bucks. And you're without your camera for however right. long. Yeah, the mirror. only thing they said not to clean was the mirror, and, and that's only because adjustments that you might make to it could knock it out right. of whack. So. How about this? Ready? How hard is it going to be to do it on the EM-1? Oh, look. There's the sensor right there. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of looking, too. I don't I don't have a whole lot of depth in mind. 
Nope, isn't that cool? You can yeah. just reach right in and stick your sticky on it. He says as he go. puts the lens back down on the <clears throat> dusty desk. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. So yeah, that about that, uh, that about wraps it up. Um, we got any big plans for the rest of the the, the week, gentlemen? Uh, I'm gonna go shoot. That's it. <laughs> I've got a fish islands to play with now. That's, that's right. And, and bad I'm weather envious. coming. I'm envious. I want that. No, 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 no. I don't have the body cap lens yet. Oh damn. Okay. That's good. I just got the uh, the little Rokinon seven and a half millimeter. Very good lens. Keep it at f8. Set it at infinity. You're good to go. Yep. Anything yeah. from like what, like ten inches to infinity is in focus. Yeah. That's I right. was telling Zach before we got uh, recording live or whatever. I just put it on and I was taking some shots in my room and I noticed as I'm holding the camera, these fingers are in the shot. Yeah. Those knuckles actually show up in the frame. Just want to let you know if you. If you have any interest in getting the, the Panasonic Lumix 8mm fisheye, uh, which is autofocus, that's the only difference. There, yeah. there is a huge, huge difference in image quality. Because I own both lenses, there's, yep. there's a difference in image quality of both of those. The colors on the Rockinon comes out a lot better. And really? I don't know what it is. Yes. And, I, you know, um, and we're talking about using both on the, on the Olympus body. Yeah. So I've noticed that the... Uh, the Rockinon has better color, and it actually is wider. There's a larger angle of view right. for a fisheye lens on the Rockinon than on the Panasonic Lumix one. That's pretty wild. Uh, but I will tell you, there have been some cases where the autofocus on the Lumix did come in handy. You oh, know, I'm sure. Yeah, not 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 too often, but uh, they're they're. I'm, Go ahead. Sorry. I'm curious to try the to see if the focus peaking is going to matter at all with the fisheye or not, if it'll help. You know what I mean? I mean, no, it, it didn't. I'll tell you one: <laughs> it, your your image quality. Uh, here, here's the thing about that: it, it unless you're really up close focus peaking, right? It's going to make a hell of a beans of difference because things get pushed back so far that right. you'd be going like this even with the focus peaking, trying to figure out you know yeah. what, what, what's going on there. Uh, that's that's from my personal experience with that, you know. That's kind of what I figured. The other thing that I had noticed about image quality-wise, okay, never mind the the color and the angle of view being different, but there's and I don't know, maybe it's the lens I got, but the the Rockinon seems to come up with in shooting the same ISO, same same exposure, comes up with a slightly grainier image than the Lumix. That's the one thing I've noticed. Have you seen any evidence of that? Of things looking grainy with the with the Rockin on 7.5? I just got it like five minutes before the show. I can say that the Canon version of the same lens, well, it's, it's an 8mm, but yeah, I, there's a ton of grain in that one too. Really? Okay. Weird. Yeah. So what That's do you think the, it is? Is that a coatings thing or lack thereof on these lenses? It could just be bad glass. Well, it's there, possible it is, for 200 bucks, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they might be using plastic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so. All right, guys, well, I think that just about ends uh, ends the show for this evening. Uh, Mark, we'd like to thank you for coming on and, and joining Jamie and myself. Um, no problem, if you guys. Thank are, you. If you guys are, uh, are watching on YouTube, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. If you're listening to the show afterward um, and you're in iTunes, go ahead and rate and review us or, you know, just send us some good words. Um, we should be on next week uh, with a, another good group. Um, so for myself and Jamie and Mark, thank you again. You've been listening to the F-Stops Here podcast.